Hi, how you doing? Welcome to the Along Came English podcast. I'm Alina, and today I'm going to talk about my experience or experiences driving in Melbourne. Now, Melbourne, and probably for most of Australia, one of those places where you can't live in without a car. Brunei is also one of those places. I think、uh, public transportation wasn't introduced until I was in high school in the late nineties.、Um, So yeah, so Melbourne.、Uh, I know a few people who live here in Melbourne without a car, and it's pretty inconvenient, especially if you live in the suburbs. Not having a car actually affects the kind of jobs you can get.、Uh, the amount of traveling time、um, increases pretty significantly when you are using pu- public transportation, even just getting to the next suburb. I mean, having a car can be pretty costly, but if time is money, which is the saying to mean that time is valuable, then it can affect your lifestyle in a not so positive way.、Uh, I also have friends who live in the city and don't own a car, but their livelihood is pretty much contained within the city. And Melbourne, if you don't know already, is a pretty small city in comparison to places like Singapore or Tokyo.、Uh, I met someone who told me that since they moved to Melbourne, they never left the city for a day trip or visit the suburbs or the countryside, and they lived in Melbourne for eight years. Now, don't get me wrong.、Um, Melbourne city is a very convenient. Place and offers many activities to do, with really good restaurants and cafes. But it is a very expensive place to live. Like my current rent is almost a third of what my friends paying to live in the city. So it, it's kind of a compromise. Either you pay a lot to live in the city with the convenience of the city, or you live in the suburb with the convenience and cost of owning a car. All right. Well, before we continue, don't forget to check out my website for this episode's vocabulary,、uh, alongcameenglish.wordpress.com. Also, find me on Facebook.、Uh, links are in the description as well. All right. A driver's license or a driving license is a document, usually in the form of a card, that permits an individual to drive a motor vehicle on Australian roads. Now the age for getting a driver's license varies between different Australian states, but in Victoria it is 18 years. After getting the driver's license, usually there's a probationary period of three years, and after that you become a full licensed driver, which you can then supervise someone who's learning how to drive.、Uh, you can start learning how to drive at the age of 16、uh, with a fully licensed driver, of course. Which is about two years of preparation、um, before you can get your driver's license. Now, while learning, you do need another document called a learner's permit, which really just allows you to legally learn how to drive on Australian roads. Now, both a driver's license and learner's permit are considered types of identification as well.、Uh, if you need to enter a club or register for a new service, for example. Now over here in Victoria, you also have the choice of、um, getting a license to drive an automatic transmission car or a manual transmission car. 
Now, manual transmission is when you manually shift gears by using a gear stick. Now, the whole point of shifting gears is to get your engine working at optimal performance for each range of speeds. So changing to a specific gear allows the car to perform at its optimum within a certain speed range. Automatic transmission is when the car does it for you automatically. Now, having the choice between learning to drive either is kind of interesting because if you learn how to drive a manual, which requires more skill, uh, you're allowed to drive an automatic during your probationary. Uh, but if you learn how to drive an automatic, you can't drive a manual until you become a full licensed driver. Now, I only started to learn how to drive when I was 18 and got my license at 19. Yeah, 19. Now, the circumstances around when I started to learn how to drive was a little unusual because I already had a car that I couldn't drive. Now, my, uh, at that time, my siblings all left Australia just before I arrived in Melbourne. So I inherited a lot of things, uh, clothes, stationery, a computer, and a car. And I guess the idea was that I could start learning how to drive soon after getting the car, but that didn't really happen. Now, it's been more than 10 years uh, since I got my license, so the details are a little hazy. Like, I don't remember getting my learner's permit, but I'm sure I had it because I had many driving lessons. Uh, and my first lesson was driving a manual, actually. And it was probably also my last time driving one. And this was a pretty weird experience for me. Uh, maybe maybe I, I, I didn't quite connect with the driving instructor, but I just couldn't comprehend um, the timing of the clutch and brakes and changing gears. It, it just didn't make sense to me. So I'm, I'm a full licensed driver now, uh, so I can drive a manual, but I just haven't. And I'm not sure if it's also just human nature, but most people who choose to drive either an automatic or a manual just stick to what they've chosen. Like I knew, I knew someone who got a license to drive automatic first, but then wanted to drive a manual. And instead of waiting for the three years, he set for another driving exam to drive a manual so he could get the sports car he wanted. I'm guessing he's still driving a manual. I quickly changed to learning how to drive an automatic with an instructor, driving instructor who drove a Toyota Camry, which is about the same size of the Mitsubishi Verada uh, that I had. Um, a lot of driving instructors use small cars, but I wanted something that I could, uh, something bigger so that I could eventually drive my car. As with any skill, practice makes perfect, uh, which is an expression to me that regular practice of an activity uh, makes you better at it. But a problem with being an international student meant I had to pay for all of my practices. So if I remember correctly, I drove about two to three hours every week for a good nine months until he finally gave me the okay to sit for my driving test. And it's kind of funny when this experience is compared um, to the way people are taught how to drive back in Brunei. So in Brunei, uh, what happens is when you're of age, uh, usually just before 18, you enroll in driving school. 
which also has a driving track for practice. You get about 20 lessons, uh, most of which are conducted at the driving track, and you're only taught how to drive a manual car. And pretty much at the end of the 20 lessons, you sit for the driving test, and if you pass, you get your license. Now for me, my first lesson was on the road in the middle of traffic. Uh, was never taken to an empty car park for practice at all, which um, maybe was a good thing because uh, now that I think about it, it sounds pretty suspicious um, having a male driving instructor bring a young girl <laughs> to an empty car park. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so most of the, uh, oh yeah, so most of the driving instructors here are independent uh, rather than being part of a driving school. So no driving on a driving track either. Uh, so obviously all the driving practice was to prepare me for the tasks that are likely to come up during the driving test. Um, I was tested for general driving and maneuvering, uh, driving straight, turning left or right. Um, of course, you know, I, I um, had to have good habits like putting on a seatbelt, checking the rear view mirror and wing mirrors, uh, checking the speedometer, driving within the speed limit, uh, holding the steering wheel correctly, looking in both directions before moving across the road. Checking your blind spots, uh, which is what you can't see with your mirror. So you usually have to turn your head quickly um, to check for any cars before changing lanes. Brake, or stepping on the brake pedal uh, when traffic lights are red. Or to slow down uh, before any turns or and things like that. Accelerate, or stepping on the accelerator pedal when traffic light turns green. Uh, signaling or activating your turn signal before turning left or right or changing lanes. Yeah, and I was tested for different types of parking as well. Uh, so there's the 90 degree parking, which is also called perpendicular parking, uh, is where the parking space is 90 degrees to the wall or the curb. Angled parking, is when the parking space is at an angle of 45 degrees instead of 90 degrees. Parallel parking is when the parking space is parallel or in the same direction as the road. Now the funny thing is, um, for some reason, I had a lot of difficulty doing angle parking, uh, even though it was supposed to be the easiest to do. And I don't know why I couldn't gauge the space around a car when I'm angle parking um, and, and at that time as well like I, I actually thought parallel parking was easier for some reason it's really weird um, and also uh, I my driving instructor never taught me reverse parking and this is where you back the car into the car park space I actually didn't learn how to reverse park until like five or six years after getting my license. Oh, and we also had to do a three-point turn, which is like making a U-turn in a narrow road. Now, my uh, driving test was pretty straightforward. Um, it was conducted using my driving, driving instructor's car. 
the examiner sat in the back seat and gave me instructions while my driving instructor sat in the passenger seat next to me. Thankfully, I passed. Uh, not that I was expecting to fail, but people, especially during tests or exams, they get nervous and do silly mistakes. Like, I knew someone who failed an exam because they f forgot to put on their seatbelt first. And I remember my driving instructor actually told me um, a story of one of his students who was a really good driver in general, but during the exam, he went over the speed limit for a few seconds before he finally realized and slowed down. Um, but thankfully, he didn't fail, and neither did I. Now, the conditions for getting a driving license has since changed. Uh, I think now people have to log in 120 hours of driving practice before being able to sit for the exam, which is a huge problem for international students and migrants. Um, sometimes I see ads for people uh, looking for people to accompany them um, learning how to drive just so that they can fulfill that condition. Now to own a car in Victoria requires uh, a few things. A car, uh, duh, which I already have at that time. Car registration. So here I'm required to register the car I own with the Department of Transport uh, so that I can legally drive the car on Australian roads. Uh, instead of registration, we call it rego instead, uh, which is a very Australian thing to do. We also need a, a car insurance, which, you know, it's not compulsory, but it's really to financially protect yourself uh, if you get into a car accident, uh, because getting your car fixed can be quite expensive. And a lot of people need their cars to drive to work and things like that. Um, of course, there are penalties, uh, which are punishments if you commit driving offences such as speeding, uh, driving through a red light, or drinking under the inf influence of alcohol or drugs. Now, if you're caught speeding, uh, which is when you get caught driving over the speed limit, usually you get a speeding fine of several hundred dollars and demerit points, uh, which are points you get for driving offences in Victoria. And if you get too many within a certain period of time, you could have your license suspended for three months or more. Now, I, I actually knew someone whose license was suspended for 18 months, which is a long time, uh, particularly uh, when you live in the suburbs of Melbourne. There are traffic police or traffic officers on the road that monitor random cars, um, driving speeds, and then go after the ones that are driving over the speed limit. Another way of catching um, speeding cars are with speed cameras. So they actually take a photo of your registration plate or your plate number if they detect that you are driving over the speed limit. Personally, I have never been caught by traffic police before, um, although I have seen them on the side of the road sometimes, possibly serving a speeding ticket. I have been caught uh, speeding with a speed camera um, many, many years ago. And also more recently, uh, driving through a red light, uh, which is not like one of those car action movies, like it was... Um, 
it was just at a traffic light where the lights changed color a lot quicker than I anticipated. Um, so I was actually off by less than a second or something. There are other offenses uh, like drink driving and drug driving, uh, which are expressions to mean that you're driving under the influences of under the influence of alcohol or drugs. And they're pretty big no-nos here. For good reason, of course. I mean, there is a pretty significant drinking culture in general, uh, both beer and wine. Um, and drug has, is, has been a major issue in Australia. So road safety has to be emphasised. Now, the traffic police will sometimes set up buses on the road that we call a booze bus. Here, uh, they direct a number of cars to the side to get to do a breath test for alcohol. Now, if you're going out uh, with some friends to a club or for a social gathering or something, uh, we have an expression called a designated driver, which is the selected person um, who's not supposed to drink at all, uh, particularly uh, where there might be alcohol involved so that this person will be responsible for driving everyone else home safely. And I think this is a really good idea because, you know, it's, it's responsible, of course, and you can't always get a taxi in certain places in the countryside. Uh, I've also heard uh, a few stories of people getting a reading, an alcohol reading, after having dessert that contains a lot of alcohol, particularly uh, an Italian dessert called tiramisu. Um, where the sponge cake is soaked in coffee liqueur. So yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened afterwards though. Like maybe they had to call their family to confirm the story and explain to the police why there's a reading. Something else to be mindful of when driving in Melbourne is that a number of roads are shared with bicycles, buses and trams. So on some roads, uh, there are bicycle lanes on the left side. Um, which is specifically designed uh, for um, bicycle use. But where there isn't, uh, cyclists would usually um, cycle on the left side. As drivers, car drivers, of course, you're supposed to keep a safe one and a half meter distance from the cyclist. And usually when there are cyclists sharing the road, uh, drivers... Um, will have to change lanes to the right and then overtake the cyclist. Also, uh, there are some roads where there is a dedicated red bus lane on the left side, which is good for helping buses uh, be on time, not getting st stuck in traffic with the rest of us. And usually cars are not allowed to drive on this lane unless they are turning left somewhere. A tram uh, is a rail vehicle. Kind of like a small train, but built for roads. Uh, there's a pretty extensive tram network in and around the city. So when you're on those roads, the priority is given to the trams, even though you are kind of driving with them on the road. So if you're driving behind them, they may stop at a tram stop and you have to stop. So you can't just overtake them either uh, while they're stationary because they might be passengers getting on and off the tram and you don't want to hit them, of course. In the first few years of driving, uh, I, I admit I wasn't very good. All the accidents I've, I've been in have unfortunately been my fault. Uh, if I remember correctly, my first accident was when I hit a, a car's rear. Um, I think this was like 
possibly within the first year um, after getting my license. Uh, I also hit a, had another accident where I hit a parked car. Not a proud one. Uh, and this one, the owner of the car was actually an acquaintance as well. So yes, yeah, so I was reversing at night and there were cars parallel parked along the street. And I just reversed too quickly and without realizing the car was parked there. And my last accident uh, was during a hook turn. Uh, they're usually in the city or close to the city, particularly where um, tram networks are, to avoid conflict between vehicles and trams. Now in Australia, we drive on the left and the driver's seat is on the right. So usually in these intersections, we usually turn right from the right lane or the closest lane. Uh, but in the hook turn, you actually wait on the left side or the furthest lane until the traffic light of the road you want to enter turns green. So yeah, I, th I think I'll have to attach a link <laughs> um, to the Wikipedia page so you, you know what I'm talking about. Now, this was pretty bad for me. Like This is a pretty bad experience for me because I learned how to drive in the suburbs and never really learned how to do this properly. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I had the car accident. Now, I, I have had more experience since, but it still makes me a little nervous uh, whenever I get uh, to these hook turns um, just because of the accident. All right. Now, in addition to uh, the cost of insurance and registration, there are other outgoing costs like petrol and, and car services. Now, petrol is, is another name for gasoline which I think is uh, more common in America or American English. And instead of petrol, uh, vehicles can also use other fuel uh, like diesel, which I think is more common for trucks. Uh, some people convert their cars to use LPG instead of petrol, which is uh, short for liquefied petroleum gas. Uh, usually the tank is installed in the boot of the car. Now, a friend loaned me his uh, LPG car while my car was at the mechanics a number of years ago, and the running cost of pumping gas was so much cheaper. But yeah, but I think um, at a time when it became popular to convert cars to LPG, uh, there were a number of um, uh, news reports about cars not having been properly converted, or they were done too cheaply, or by less experienced mechanics. So some of these cars actually uh, went up in flames, unfortunately. Anyway, the petrol stations here in general are self-serviced. Uh, so you would usually pump your choice of fuel and then go into the shop to pay for it. Now these days they have a credit card service at the fuel dispenser. So you don't even have to bother going to the cash, cash register. A... Car service is a series of maintenance procedures after the vehicle has traveled a certain distance or at a set time interval like six months. Uh, so when I started driving, uh, my ex recommended a mechanic that I could send my car to. And for some reason, I just really liked it. Like I felt he was such a trustworthy guy. And even when I moved further away, I was still going out my way to send my car to him. Uh, but in 2011, I got rid of my old car and got a new Toyota Yaris. And this is significantly smaller. It's much easier to drive, uh, it's making U-turns, parking, 
fuel consumption is much less too. Um, but when you buy a new car, and I don't know if this is something that you have in your country, but they have this three to five year warranty with the car company. If you bring the car in for services at their own auto service. So I did that for a few years. Um, and after that expired, I went back to my old mechanic. And what's funny is that, you know, I, I moved to the suburb after returning from Malaysia and I find out that him and his family were just down the road from me. Now, I promise you, I am not stalking him or anything. Um, but what's really cool is that, you know, I, I can pass him my car key uh, for a service and he, he'll just drive it to his workshop instead. You know, I, I don't have to drive all the way to his workshop and get a friend to pick me up and then my friend has to drop me off again when it's ready. Anyway, yeah, it's it's really convenient uh, to have your mechanic as your neighbor. I highly recommend it. All right, well, I think uh, that's all for today, uh, talking about my driving experiences in, in Melbourne. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And yeah, have a lovely day and I'll catch you around next time. Bye.